You have queued up The Roulette Tapes, a program of adventurous music and conversation recorded at the New York City Concert Hall, Roulette. You can hear thousands of concert recordings from Roulette's past and present and find news of upcoming events celebrating innovation and imagination at roulette.org. Aren't you curious? This edition focuses on Roulette's Mixology Festival, highlighting novel approaches to technology in music and media arts, which returns February 4th and 5th, 2023, curated by Matt Malin, Roulette's Associate Artistic Director. So, some context. The Mixology Festival launched in 1991 and was conceived as a reflection on the trajectory, or more appropriately, an arc, as you will see, of the use of technology in musical performance. The introduction of electronics onto the concert stage goes back over a century. The earliest examples include celebrated instruments like the theremin and Anz Martineau. In the 50s, turntables, tape recorders, and live processing began to appear on stage, as with Verez, Stockhausen, and Cage. Then, computers and synthesizers emerged, and innovative recording studio tricks shifted the focus By the 60s, electronic music was an established genre, but it had one problem. Live performance was expensive and bulky. Some of those devices were as big as a car. So many early concerts consisted of a dark stage with spotlights on the loudspeakers playing the composer's track. This launched a flurry of evolutions and revolutions. From David Tudor's interactive rainforest, which birthed sound installations, to pop music's incorporation or appropriation of the techniques, to subgenres like turntablism, which blurs the lines between hip-hop and musique concrète, plus computers and software and hardware getting cheaper and smaller, the introduction of alternative controllers using light or movement to trigger sound, so the experience isn't limited to watching one person twirling knobs or staring at a laptop, which was a major chapter in all of this. And now, artists are returning to legacy equipment like pre-digital modular synths, oscillators, and cassette players. All of this swirling in an immersive, surround sound, multimedia, interactive, multi-dimensional space. I think I saw. 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 I think I sa
いできたいとはいできたいとはいできたいと皆さんこんにちははいできたいとはいできたいとI started there in the year 2000, and it was definitely right in the middle of the laptop era. Going to school for technology and music meant that we basically got that broad overview that you just gave. That was like our core curriculum. It's still sort of being taught that way. I think it's actually a really rich tradition, but within it lies the basic conundrum of like the fact that any electronic music performance or you know, multimedia. Performance that involves a kind of musical performance within it. There's a mediation between the performer and the, the sound coming out of the speakers. There's something that happens between those two. And so all of those things you described are like the various human ways that we've tried to come up with to solve that. It's different from holding up a resonating body that has vibrating strings.
this will be the the fourth or fifth mixology festival that I've curated. And each time it's been kind of a variation on one of those things, like what is the current sort of performative space for making music that intersects with electronics or, or technology of some kind. And in 2014, that was right as modular synths were sort of making a big comeback in the more consumer music tech world. You could buy modular synth you could buy modules for modular synthesizers at Guitar Center, you know. Since when I was in college, they were exclusively at institutions, you know, educational institutions that had big budgets to be able to house and maintain that type of machine. So that was a really big deal at the time. So it was like, oh man, who are people that are moving past using the laptop or using the computer or moving just alongside it and doing something um, that, as you said, like maybe engaged some previous technologies, but was getting away from that computer screen interface. And then another year, I was thinking like, oh, well, who's bringing it into more performative spaces like intersecting with dance or filmmaking or performance art or installation work? Last year, I had been teaching in the, in the sound program at the School of the Art Institute of Chicago, and uh, I had put together a lecture that was kind of revolving around Jerome Cooper, who is a percussionist, who's not you would, not someone you would necessarily think of as an electronic musician necessarily, but 
I had come across some writing of his and some liner notes where he talked about where he was talking about like I don't play the drums I play a multi-dimensional instrument this is an expanded instrument that I create by bringing things together and I started and I started thinking about like how in an electronic music setting almost everybody that's whose primary instrument is electronics that tends to be how they function in my opinion it's like your instrument isn't necessarily the laptop right like that's sort of like our own limitation of what history provides us right it's like we wanted the instrument to be the laptop or we wanted the instrument to be the synthesizer or the piece of software but it's actually the combination of all of those things like taken together right like the instrument is definitely as much the loudspeaker as it is as it is the you know it's the entire contraption so i really tried to bring in people that were working where their instrument was very clearly like a, a combination of those things and so you had people like deforest brown jr who uses an ipad but thinks about it in this like really intense historical way in the context of the history of techno which is a music that also has a really long history like connected to the one the timeline that you brought that you just outlined and who else and we had uh, Marsha Bassett and Ted Gordon performing on the Buchla music easel which and and with live visuals whose interconnected instrument is all of those those two easels and the the live visuals all uh, happening at the same time and improvising
And one direction that uh, it had me going is like thinking about what are the histories that diverged from a sort of classical music interpretation of electronic music, you know? Techno is somehow disconnected from the classical music. You know, back in when we were in college, we'd have that classic argument um, about whether the music that, if it had a beat or not, would be the distinction between whether it was considered serious music or not. And DeForest Brown Jr. is, you know, he just wrote a book about the history of techno and its sort of separation from its origins in black underground culture and also it's like co-opting by uh, drug culture, rave culture, European dance music culture, and pop culture in, in a lot of ways. And he's trying to bring it back to a level of seriousness that, that you know, reminds me in a certain way of like composers who were like Anthony Braxton or Henry Threadgill or the AACM who felt like they were on the outside of what was considered serious music because because they were black, but also because they were, their origins were in part connected to jazz, and jazz was somehow a separate part of the institution or the institutional history. The goal is not to write like at a place like roulette. The goal is not to like institutionalize any of these things. It's like how do you how do you grab onto a thread and and participate in it and support the artists who are connecting to it. This year, the artist that I 
brought in in a lot of ways are an outgrowth of like me starting to think about like how you bring in dance music adjacent electronic music and intermedia projects or multimedia projects that wouldn't normally be in a concert hall setting and uh, in a space that's dedicated to listening uh, and listening only as as roulette is to a certain extent right and so this year we have Bergsonist who's uh, an artist Selwa App she's doing a collaboration with Miho Hattori who many will know from Chibomato. We have uh, Miravaya Linea, which means uh, world line in Russian. And it's a duo between Julia Pello and uh, Gerald Donald. Gerald is one half of the duo Drexia, uh, which is a sort of legendary techno group, and also one half of the group Doppler Effect, which is legendary techno group. And, and then we, we also have Kasim Nakvi, who um, isn't necessarily a maker of dance music, but as a drummer is, is connected to uh, rhythm in a certain way. And it, it all seemed to match what Kasim Nakfi does. The reason I, you know, I was talking about him being a drummer, he was in this group, Dawn of Midi. They made an incredible record that is all in, it's a trio, an acoustic trio of piano, upright bass, and drums that sounds like electronic music. You know, it sounds like it could only be made by electronics.
as a teacher in a sound department, as, as a metaphor for this, I realized at a certain point that I, n I never put any restrictions on my students so they could bring in a, a hip hop beat, they could bring in a spoken word piece, they could bring in like a J-pop song or whatever they were working on in Ableton and then we would all give it the same seriousness. But what was interesting is like then you try to critique it the way that you would critique something that is coming from inside of the institution. And that felt like a disservice then, because it's like not all of this music is meant for the same uh, space or the same type of critique, right? And the concert hall isn't built for every type of music, but that doesn't restrict one's ability to sort of like engage them all on the same level. So then, yeah, the question becomes, how do you do that? That's part of what I take as the challenge in doing these mixology shows is like, yeah, how do you start engaging some of those things without just being like, let's try to bring techno to the concert hall. That's not necessarily what these artists are doing. Who are artists that are asking these similar questions and, and how do we support them within the concert hall? Curator Matt Malin on Roulette's Mixology Festival, returning February 4th and 5th, 2023. The performances will be live streamed and available in the Roulette online archive at roulette.org archive, along with the full concert recordings of the musical excerpts. These podcasts are made possible in part with support from the Grammy Museum and the National Endowment for the Arts. This is David Weinstein at the desk. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to The Roulette Tapes, a program of adventurous music and conversation. This series is produced by Roulette Intermedium. You can find thousands of concert recordings from Roulette's archives and news of upcoming events at roulette.org.